My guest this week is Aaron Monaghan. Aaron is the star of the new Irish movie Redemption of a Rogue. He plays Jimmy Cullen, who returns to Cavan after years of exile to make peace with his dying father, redeem for his past sins, and then take his own life. Unfortunately, after his father passes away, one of the conditions is that he won't be buried on a day it's raining. So, of course, with it being a cavern, it never stops raining. So he's essentially stuck in this purgatory. It's, you know, it's, it's a, like the Coen brothers directing Dante's Inferno. It's this black as night comedy, but it is absolutely hilarious. And it also features possibly the greatest piece of GAA commentary you're ever going to hear in your life. Aaron's performance is incredible because he plays this he has to play the straight man with these cast of manic characters around kind of similar to you know how Jason Bateman and Arrested Development he has all this lunacy happen all around him but he has to be the kind of the, the anchor in the middle or speaking of anchor Christina Applegate and Anchorman another good example all these wild and outlandish characters getting to have the time of their life and he or she is stuck in the middle of this trying to you know progress the film and to do a role like that and not be a boring or disinteresting character you're wanting you know get off the screen and get you know get the funny people back on that's a nice balance and act to do and he does it really well it's a very selfless performance there's some great supporting roles you've Ashley O'Mara who uh, plays Mash in the film she's brilliant Kevin McGarren shows up and just basically steals every scene that he's in as he is one to do it's really, really funny. It's really, really heartfelt. And it is genuinely one of the funniest Irish films I've seen in a long, long time. And it's something original. I, I talk about this with Armour. It was a couple of years ago. You know, you could either get a Roddy Doyle adaptation made or something that had to do with, you know, drugs and crime. And this is something unique and different. And I, I really hope it finds an audience because it is the kind of film where you see in a cinema and you have that kind of. You know, the, the rolling laughter, which is, has been far too long since I've seen that from an Irish film. So definitely worth checking out on the big screen. And without any further ado, my guest this week, Aaron Monaghan. Uh, absolutely love the film, so this will make this part a bit easier now. <laughs> so glad. Don't have to say anything. Oh, the lighting was amazing. <laughs> um, the film won Best Irish Film and Best Irish Force Feature at the, the Galway Fla. We saw films like Extraordinary, Song of the Sea, and The Guard use that as a, a springboard for a successful cinema run. Is it somewhat bittersweet you see the movie get all these plaudits and then essentially be in a holding pattern for a year then? Um, I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, but I mean, it was, it was such a huge thrill to kind of see the film win those two huge awards or even just a premiere at the at the Galway Fla. I mean we made this like two and a half years ago in the depths of winter on like a budget of 45,000 euros so I mean getting getting it to the screen and getting it to the Fla was such a huge achievement to win those awards on top of it was just absolutely fantastic and yeah we kind of um it's it, like now that cinemas are back open like I, I'm, I'm kind of glad it, it you know people waited until now to release it because I think the film deserves to be seen on the big screen. I think it deserves to be seen by a big audience. So I think we've all just been like dying, dying for it, for the world to see it. But we've been patiently waiting at the same time for it to get its uh, to get its due. Yeah, it's definitely something I think will be a lot better in an audience. There's so many sharp little one-liners that seeing it in the cinema, I think, will add an awful lot to it. Your so, character, yeah. Jimmy Cullen. For me, that's something you would look at on the page and there's a million different ways you could go with that. He could be wallowing in self-pity or he could be someone who thinks I'm being fairly punished for my actions. Mm. How much of the direction that you went in, how much was your idea and how much of that was Philip Doherty's shaping of the character? 
Um, well, I remember like before Philip had like written a word of it, like a year before that, we sat in his office and he pitched the entire movie to me. And what really stood out to me was um, that the, what I loved about it particularly was this, he had all these Bible, uh, biblical references and, you know, was the, there was the 40 days of rain and, you know, um, the fact that he's called Jimmy Cullen, JC, uh-huh. you know, he's kind of this sort of antichrist character. Um, uh, I kind of, I, I love that. So there was a sort of a, a, an anti-redemption quality to this character. So I knew I wasn't going to be playing this saint anyway. Um, and then when I read the script and when I saw the casting and the kind of the, the colour of the characters and the bizarreness of them, um, and, and just how depressed the state that this man was, I, I kind of realised that I have to be a very, very straight actor to all these very, very funny comic characters. Uh, like I shouldn't try and compete with them comedically. And I just had to like, kind of just play it very, very straight and very depressed. And I think that's kind of what happens when you are in those very, very sad uh, depressed, you know, whether it's grief or whether it's depression, when you're in those dark, dark places, the world looks very, very absurd to you. Um, and so in, in many ways, my job was easier as long as I just kind of stuck to that line and followed. There is a journey for that character, which is coming out of a very, very dark place. And he has to go to an even darker place to get there. But he, he somehow finds a purpose. And that kind of that started way back with that initial uh, meeting I had with Philip like a year before the script was written, but it continued for me from there. You were saying there about the the casting, and like for me, so much of this film hinges on your chemistry with Masha, played by Ashling O'Mara. If that doesn't work, the film doesn't work. Right. How much of that is natural, and how much of that is you know hard work behind the scenes to make it look like it's natural? Uh, I, I'm really honest. Like we got really lucky on this, um, that it was just natural. I I've known Ashling for a couple of years. I know her since she was in college, and I remember thinking at the time that like. I just thought she was a phenomenally good actor. And I was like, I hope I get the chance to work with her. And over the years, like we've kind of become, you know, Ireland's very small place and you get to know a lot of actors. And I've just always had this amazing respect for her um, and finally got to work with her in this. And we hit it off. We just kind of became really, really close pals. And because the shoot was in many ways so tough, like you're kind of getting chains in the back of a van and you're getting rained on all the time. It was one of those things that you, you kind of went through a kind of a baptism of fire making this film. So you kind of become close and like, you know, we just had fun every day with the whole cast. But I just, you know, I, I just think Ashling is a phenomenally good, phenomenally talented actor. She's so in control of, of her craft. Um, and there was that mutual respect. So, we, you know, we got to we got to just play and it was fun every day. Are you sure you and Philip Doherty are friends? Because you look at this in the page and you just go, okay, essentially you're getting pissed on for the entire film. So this is, did you do something previously to him and this is his payback? I'll be honest, I did wonder if like I, <laughs> I stole a part of his in youth drama. That <laughs> and Philip used to always kind of go, he felt it was like some sort of revenge that he was trying to kill me with pneumonia because it was raining every day. The, the 80% of the, of the film takes place in rain. Um, and I, I think there was one day on the call sheet where it didn't rain. And by the end of the day, they had moved scenes around and it did rain. So but it was it was getting rain and it was cold and it was in the depths of winter. But um, it was great fun at the same time, as, as tough and as cold and as dangerous as it was. We had this phenomenal um, cast or sorry, crew around us. 
specifically just to make rain. Uh, they, they made their own rain machines. They made an entire street rain at one point. Um, so it was kind of, it, it was phenomenally cool, but phenomenally good fun to do as well. Some other people you've worked with, you've done Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender, Marin Cartiard, you've done The Foreigner with Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Working with people like them and then having to work with somebody as unprofessional as Kevin McGarren, what's the difference in your perspective on that? And, you know, like being on the set, like in all seriousness, being on the set of a $100 million movie to doing something where, you know, the budget wouldn't cover the catering for a day in that. Does your mindset change in any way on that? Or do you just so zoned in on what you have to do, the externals don't affect you? Um, I mean, yes and no. Um, yeah, there, there's times when you're on the bigger budget stuff, just literally because they've more money, they've more, you know, they've more food and they've more coffee. Yeah, but there's also a lot more waiting around. And I'll be really honest, like I, I, I like being busy as an actor, but also when I'm on set, I, I really love the challenge. And um, so, so that, this is what I loved about this film. We, we shot it in 21 days on a budget, as you say, of 45,000. You wouldn't even pay for coffee on something like a Assassin's Creed, uh, you know, but um, it was it just meant that every day, like we went over every day, we we just worked our backsides off. And that kept me really, really happy. And um, at this, you know, it doesn't matter if it is Marion Cotillard or Michael Fassbender or Jackie Chan or Kevin McGarren, it's it's still the same thing. It's like when, when somebody calls action, action, you're just focused on what you're doing and you're getting it right for that shot. So um, it, they're incredibly different experiences, but it's exactly the same job, I think. And even with, as I said, the budget being as small as it is, I don't think this is something that would be made even a few years ago. It's a, it's a mix of kind of Coen Brothers meets Dante's Inferno, whereas a few years ago, Irish films were either, look, it's based on a Roddy Doyle book or it's a you know, gritty crime and drugs drama. Do you think there's more opportunities springing up lately now and Irish actors and writers don't have to go abroad and they, we are seeing more stories from an Irish perspective? And you, know, you yourself, you run a theatre company. Where would you like to see the progression for that go? Oh, I'm, I'm so happy like, to, to see the journey that Irish film has made, particularly in the last five, ten years. I don't think this would have get, gotten made. And, and I don't think Philip will mind me saying this, but like the fact that this got made is kind of a testament to his naivety because he didn't know the limits of like what it takes to get a film made. But he, he did have an incredible team of artists uh, and creatives around him. So because he didn't know, oh, you need to have a huge, huge budget, um, it never stopped him. But, it, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of films that can get made, you know, with very, very little. I'm not saying that that's the way it should be. I think, like, you know, it shouldn't continue in that way. I hope people who do manage to get um, uh, movies like Redemption of a Rogue and, and things like that, I think they should be rewarded now with their next, you know, with their next big feature. Hopefully people will get in behind them and, and, and support them. But I do think, like, uh, the day of waiting for studios or waiting for big funders. I, I think I think we're a little bit past that now. We've shown as artists that we can not only create films, but we can create really great films as well. I mentioned there as well, you run your own theatre company, uh, Live and Dread. When you're putting your own productions together, what do you look for? Do you look for something that this is a showcase for actors, a showcase for the writers, or obviously hopefully you'd like a, a combination of all of them. So for any up-and-coming writer, up-and-coming director or actor, how would they catch your eye to, to get something made? Um, I think, first and foremost, a really good story. Like, I love a good story. I don't think that, like, we've been telling stories to ourselves for thousands of years, particularly in the theatre. So some, something that is going to grip an audience, something that I, I always feel 
uh, I love is something that makes me forget that I'm watching something, you know, that just takes me away for a couple of hours. So I think it has to be entertaining above all else. And great, um, great acting is always something that I, I, I really love. I, I love. I love plays and Irish films that have kind of a vernacular language. You know, when I recognize the way that I speak, um, and, and that, that's what's so kind of wonderful about Redemption of the Rogue. It takes, the, it takes that sort of Cavan, North Midlands, small town energy and dialect and language and puts it front and center. And it, like, it makes it recognizable, whether you're in Cork or whether you're in Greece, okay. puts it front and center, but it also tells a great story. What you get with this film is you get a great soundtrack and a great visual too on, on, on the back of that. But I think that would be the same for me when I'm making theater. On the soundtrack as well, I think the original title of the movie was uh, Redemption of a Rogue, a blues opera. That's right, um, yeah. When you're, you know, obviously being as part of the film, how much of the music plays any aspect or does it have any aspect on your performance and how you see that character going? Oh, I think it was, it, it was, um, it was essential actually, like, um, Philip had so much of the music written into it and, and he did like when he pitched it to me it, he he'd picked it as a blues opera and that made it onto the title page of the script and it made it all the way through he collaborates a lot with a composer in Cavan called Robbie Perry and it was really helpful that when we got to set I mean you'll see in the movie that there are set pieces where the cast they do sing along where they're very like there's loads of musicians in um in the film that kind of travel to the town and they appear in shop windows. So they're kind of integral to the script, but it was amazing to have playback. You know, Robbie had written so much of that music already. On the day, it just gives you so much of a mood and not for just the film, but for the scene and what that character is, is going through at that particular moment. So it just, it gives you a great reference for the tone and, and the pitch of not just the film, but the scenes as well. So that was incredibly helpful. I think it's fair to say theatre would be your first love and on stage you're kind of thought to act in, in feet, whereas in cinema you're acting in inches. How difficult is that for you to make that transition to kind of, you're so used to being so expressive and then having to kind of contain everything and show it in very minute detail? Yeah, um, I, I don't think it's difficult at all, if I'm really honest. I mean, the older I get and the more I do um, each of the two mediums, whether it's on screen or whether it's on stage, the, the more I'm, I realize it's exactly the same thing. It's still about, it's still about character. It's still about telling a story. It's still about, you know, the minutiae of, of actions and intentions. And I really, I kind of fall in love with the idea now that you can be so small um, on screen. You can almost kind of hide things that you would need to kind of um, let the audience see if you're on a stage. You know, I think that's, it, it's right. It's inches as opposed to, to feet, um, but it's, it's exactly the same thing. I love the idea that the camera can find something and you can hide it, but you can also do that on stage as well. I always kind of believe like never telegraphing to an audience, whether it's on screen or on stage. I always believe in this thing that the audience are very, very intelligent, that if you want, if you want them to know something, get them to ask the question. And I love the idea of an audience always sitting forward and kind of going, what's going on there? Um, so for me, like the, the older I get, the, the difference is less and less. It's, it's exactly the same thing for me. You're writing and directing your own stuff now. Uh, Ghost Light, a story about an actor preparing for the opening night of Hamlet. Uh, he's watching the, wing by, watching the wings, I beg your pardon, by a ghost. Two writers on this movie who are fairly decent themselves, Shane Nothing and Pat McCabe. Did you get a chance to uh, pick their brains at all or get any hints and tips from them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, Sh Shane... Shane was hugely helpful to Philip in, in the making of it. Um, I think and Philip has been vocal about this before. He, 
what what he pitched in terms of redemption of a rogue to me, like a year before the script emerged, um, is what he ended up with. But halfway through that process, he felt he couldn't achieve it, and he went off and wrote a different version of this film. And Shane was pivotal in you know in in convincing him you have to go back and write this blues opera you have to go back and he was very encouraged by that and he did um and i think you know you know pat mccabe is the godfather of you know dark comedy um and you know uh he is of that time like myself and philip both adored pat's work i've been lucky enough to work on on, on a good few of pat's plays with my own company with living dread um so yeah, it's it, it, it was amazing when they got behind us and, and and like not only picked their brains, like we were just fanboying them for the amount of time that they were on set. Like um, the language of the film is, it's it's black humor, it's it's sardonic, and like people like Patrick Cavanagh and Pat McCabe are are the masters of that. So yeah, we were just delighted to have them on board. Oh, so it looks like we're finally coming out without mentioning the C word. We're we're leaving it now. What's next for you? What are you hoping will be the next phase for you? Were you looking cinema, theatre? Ideally, what do the next, you know, 12, 24 months look for you? Yeah, I think I will. At the moment, it's looking like a mixture of both. Um, I, I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very unambitious as an actor. I just like to be working. I like to be keeping busy. And if I find that I'm doing too much film, I like to go over and do stage for a while. If I do too much stage, I like, I like to go over and do a, a bit of TV. So, I mean, I have, I've, uh, uh, two small enough parts in, in some films that are coming out uh, either later this year or early next year and I'll be appearing in an RT series I'm about to sh start shooting on a movie that I can't say anything about at the moment um, and I'll hopefully be doing a bit of theatre um, in the next six months as well so I'm just happy to be juggling I'm happy to be in a room with other artists and other writers and directors and uh, happy to be making stuff for an audience I noticed on your Twitter bio that you mentioned that you play Batman. So I'm assuming that's the, the secret role you can't tell me about. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. But, you know, if I ever if I ever do get old enough to play a very, very old Batman, I mean, I'd, be, I'd retire happy then. <laughs> Aaron Monaghan, Redemption of Rogue, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.